and think you can eat here and have sort of a hearty meal or you can have a lighter meal and it can be easily tailored to your needs of how you want to eat. And I think that's been part of our success. Even though we are defined as a fresh Mexican restaurant, now it's sort of like slash vegetarian slash vegan. So we haven't pinned ourselves in this little corner. So everybody feels comfortable. Yeah. Cool. Welcome to the Fred Opie Show, a food history research and writing podcast. We focus on using history to unpack strategies for you to make a positive impact in your world. I'm your host, Fred Opie, a professor of history and food ways. Welcome to this first edition of a series that I'm starting called Why Do Restaurants Sink or Swim? It's based on oral histories that I collected speaking with owners of restaurants. I teach at Babson College, which focuses on teaching undergraduates as well as graduate students how to do entrepreneurship the right way. The first up in the series is Alto Cinco. Alto Cinco is owned and operated by Johanna York. Alto Cinco first opened its doors in 1995 as a takeout restaurant. The restaurant is located on Westcott Street in Nottingham, which is a suburb of Syracuse. It's it's the same community around Syracuse University. I'll provide some photos and artwork and links to the restaurant. So if you're ever in Syracuse and looking for some good food, you can check it out. I hope you enjoy the podcast and that you will go to my website at fredopi.com and take a look at the food blog as well as the other sources available on the website. You can find links to the podcast and listen to more stories that we've done. Here's the interview I did with Alto Cinco owner and operator, Johanna York. Do you know Juno Diaz? When I first started, he would just come in and then one of his articles was published in the New Yorker and he gave it to me and said that he wrote it while he was sitting in the takeout. Oh, wow. So anyway, we got to be friends. <laughs> I started a year at grad school, but then I ended up getting involved with restaurant stuff and then I, didn't, I never... Here you're talking about your anthropology degree and you're doing food related, but mm-hmm. I mean, is this like... When you were younger, you always used to cook, or you yeah, had this, my, when did, when did this up, happen? I grew up, um, my, both my parents cooked a lot. My grandfather happened to be a chef, although he passed away when I was really young, but my mom kind of carried that on, I think. She mm-hmm. was just a natural with food. Mm-hmm. My dad, very good cook as well. Mm-hmm. So together, we just were in that household where my parents cooked a lot, and then they also loved to go out to eat, so that kind of became one of my favorite things to do and then as I got older and started to um, you know learn more how to cook myself and to try different foods and then I got a restaurant job and then it was on. I was well, like, what was really? your first restaurant job? I was a pastry chef and it was sort of a love-hate thing. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot but it wasn't the type of cooking that I wanted to do because it's very scientific. Okay. Pastry is like chemistry. Okay. It's very, you can't really fudge and mess around, mm-hmm. you know? Or you just, how old were you? I was 22, 23. Okay, you did it for how long? Well, I left that job, maybe, I maybe worked six months or something, mm-hmm. and then I got another restaurant job, and that was good. I worked there for about two years, and that restaurant was owned by a woman named Rosemary Fafaro, and she's a food blogger, too. Okay, okay. And she has a cookbook out. Okay. But 
she was sort of like my mentor because I watched her run her restaurant. She was um, really great at everything she did. Mm-hmm. And at some point during that time of working for her, she, I was struggling with what am I going to do with myself? Mm-hmm. Should I go back to grad school? I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And she asked me, where do you want to be in 15 years? And I said, I want to own a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So she was like, then just do it. It's a very strange way of how things happened, but I worked at that restaurant for a while. She left, sold it, moved to California. I stayed in Syracuse and struggled at a couple different restaurants that really weren't my thing, Mm -hmm. but I got some experience behind me of, like, volume cooking and, you know, just the ins and outs of restaurant work, what it's really about, weekends, um, it's rough in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing, especially for a girl. Mm -hmm. It's not the greatest place to be. Mm Or at least at that point in my life, it wasn't. I spent about three months living with my sister in Miami because she was pregnant with twins and really couldn't do much. So when I was in Miami, I cooked for her a lot and her husband. And um, I realized that's what I really, really love to do. So when I came back from that trip, I... I was ready to do something. I was 28 then. And this little space that um, was just the takeout side was for rent. Mm -hmm. So I kind of asked around a little bit. and In Start With Your Gift, I help you recognize your gift, select mentors, choose the right school, major, and training, consider childhood wounds in need of healing, identify internships. I show you how to select jobs get your financial house in order, build wealth, and live and give like no one else. That's all in the book, Start With Your Gift. You can find it on Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle. Welcome back to this edition of The Fred Opie Show, unpacking history to positively impact the future. How did you know it was the right place is one question. And why the Mexican motif? Um, I was really interested in Mexican food Um, whenever I had it I was always like I couldn't get enough I wanted to learn more about it when I was really young I bought my mother a cookbook for one of like a birthday or something and it was about Mexican food and I'd always look at it but then the restaurant I worked at St. Basil's Rosemary had a little Mexican twist to her stuff Mm -hmm. and I liked it but it wasn't a lot it was just a little exposure to some of the ingredients Mm -hmm. the pep the dried chilies um fresh cilantro and everything, mm-hmm. black beans, that kind of thing started to open up to me. I never really cooked like that at home. Mm-hmm. Then when I went to New York to visit my brother, because he lived in Manhattan, we would always go to the Mexican places. Okay. And they seemed to be in abundance, and the food was really healthy. And mm-hmm. that's what made sense to me, that mm-hmm. it was, you got a pretty good amount of well-made healthy food Mm -hmm. you know it wasn't ever seemed like it was like a ripoff and then after you ate you didn't feel bad Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean unless you get the really heavy stuff but Mm -hmm. I would get like a spinach burrito and I felt like it's brown rice Mm -hmm. black beans fresh spinach it was great and then I thought I wish we had something around Syracuse Mm -hmm. like this because if I get takeout it's always kind of like it's kind of bad food you know it's like not good for you Mm -hmm. and I thought this particular space would be good because the the neighborhood seemed to have a lot of things going on in it. There were some service places where, you know, that kind of thing keeps people on foot all the time. Mm-hmm. There, there was a hair salon. 
this was a while ago, so there was a video rental, mm -hmm. there was a dry cleaner, mm -hmm. there was a hardware store. Mm -hmm. So, and then this below us was the movie theater. Mm -hmm. So all that together seemed like, those are things that are going to keep bringing people around. So it was kind of an easy decision for me. Mm -hmm. The space was pretty low risk, mm -hmm. you know. It wasn't, I just kept thinking in my mind, like, you know, at that at my age, especially coming out of the fact that my sister just had these two kids, and I thought, you know, that's like a risk. This to me is like, <laughs> I'm going to do this. Like, yeah. if the worst thing happens, I'll just pay, you know, back the loan. My brother gave me a loan. Would have been when I got the loan. It would have been in 1995 because I opened September 17th, 1995. In July, July 4th weekend, mm -hmm. my landlord gave me the keys to the spot and said, "You can think about it over the weekend. I'm going to be out of town. Here's the key." I went home and I thought, "What? A, wow, this is crazy." Somehow, from July 4th mm -hmm. to September 17th, the, the, I opened up the restaurant. It was that fast. Did you have to? Gutted and renovated? Or? I gutted part of it. You did it yourself or? Um, my sister-in-law helped me. Okay. My brother's wife, who's my roommate in college. Okay. She's a fantastic artist and she came up and helped me and we worked this one weekend like kind of around the clock. She had all these great ideas how to paint everything and um, it, you know it was pretty r riggedy like we had, I had like a a CD man was like our music system. Okay. You know? uh -huh. I had a couple coolers. Um, my dad got the stove he found at like an auction. Wow. I swear it, it was it was rough. Uh -huh. um, I had personally I had nine hundred dollars. That was my total. Wow. Okay. So we kind of got going on everything, and it really it really came together fast, and then. Um, my brother came up right before we opened and he was like this you know this is great like I don't know how you did this so fast but mm -hmm. it seemed so natural and easy like it wasn't even it didn't even seem that hard I was thinking of this the other day like when I came to to the restaurant trying to get stuff together I remember walking down the sidewalk with one of those plastic like see-through phones that I hung on the wall and that was like the phone for like <laughs> everything was just bare bare bones yeah. right yeah but what was really i think what was really hard was once it started just anticipating like you know the being in charge of the staff what how much food do we need i mean we figured all that stuff out and i've had some really good people that have actually been with me since then having good people around was probably the best you know that's the best asset it's not the money it's like people you know you can count on because mm -hmm. it's day in and day out and we are seven days did they have food backgrounds already or did you have to train these people no they did And how did yep. you, did you just put an ad out, or how did you hire, how did you find it? No, just word of mouth. Okay. People would stop by and say, oh, you open up something, and then after the first week, I had um, a couple people from SU, good kids, you know, it, was, it, was, it took off pretty quick with getting the right people. And from the day you walked in and started the renovations to the day you opened, how long was it again, roughly? Uh, so it was July 4th weekend okay. that I got the keys. Okay. And then September 17th wow. we opened. 
Is that this was, was my job, so that was oh, why I think it was kind of... So how did you survive? You were staying with mom. I was living with my mom. <laughs> oh, thank God for mom. Yeah. You, now, the first menu, you developed because of what you learned from other places, or...? I tried to keep it really simple, and I think the model I was using were some of those takeout places in New York. Um, so it was kind of a simple concept. There were a couple burritos, real simple. It was like chicken, spinach, or bean. Mm -hmm. That was it. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had the same variety with enchiladas and the same variety with quesadilla. And then we had nachos and calamari and two salads. And finding your, uh, your food suppliers, you use some of the same people that you're... Yeah. Good. Was that difficult? Did you have to establish a line of credit with them or how did that work? Um, yeah, I, yes, and one of the purveyors remembered me from one of the restaurants okay. I worked at, so they were really cool right from Jump. And another guy that I had never worked with, but I saw his ad somewhere, um, he came out, met me in person, and just sort of put some belief behind me. And just He just seemed to have faith that it, it was going to be a good deal. And, okay. Um, it, you know, it started off where for years I would just, you know, whatever I got, I would pay for. Okay. And it took years to kind of get credit with people. Okay. So it was rough. I mean, okay. always that part of it, the financial part of it, was always... I'm not going to lie, it's always been hard. That's okay. always been the hardest part. You know, it still is a struggle in certain ways, but it's it's different now, but it's just on a different level. Make it proper for you. How long did that take? The, it was, we would be going into our third year. Mm -hmm. So the summer of 97, we closed. I put a new floor in, and I don't know how this, it was just from, I guess, sheer like hard work. We weren't spending the money, so... We amassed a little bit of money in the bank, and I was able to buy a hood, which prior to it, okay. the hood was really old, and it did not work. Mm -hmm. So there was hardly any ventilation in the kitchen. It was horrible. So okay. once we got this new big stainless pan okay. bent hood in there, then I felt like we were legit. Once that got in and we had this new floor and we opened back up, mm -hmm. everything started to just go better, okay. faster. And then a few years later, I leased um, all new equipment. And by that point, you know, I, I felt like it started, to, I, I was like moving somewhere. It was starting to make some sense. In the restaurant business, do people typically lease or do they buy equipment? In the it, beginning, you lease. What I learned, too, is a lot of the things that you buy, um, you know, if they're not in great shape, you just end up having to fix them, and the repairs are so expensive. When did you expand? In uh, 2000, we went into the dining room side. You know, I want to ask you about marketing. Mm -hmm. Word of mouth, you found your employees. What kind of marketing did you do from nothing, day one? Nothing. So wait a minute. How do you, so nothing, how do you explain I the success? Nothing. Strictly word of mouth. It took forever. And no, no advertising at all. Actually, Emma and I were just talking about this earlier. Like, we, we. It's just like dot dot dot. Like I don't know what. That, it just didn't. Okay. I never had the money to do it. So, it was uh, kind of grassroots where certain people that worked here would flyer areas mm -hmm. around. Okay. Sort of pre-internet. Okay. Did you run specials at all for SU students? I think we just targeted the delivery with that because I used to work at a pizza place that did huge delivery and I saw how much that did for the restaurant okay. so I wanted to kind of capture that okay. 
and that so we always had a driver and um, we do a lot of delivery now because we are on the web site for campus food work which is instant online ordering it's a lot of uh, revenue to us during okay. the school year is it an exp expensive investment to get into that service no um, it wasn't my idea actually it was Emma's and she convinced me to do it and I was very uh, I, I just didn't have a good feeling about it at first I thought what would happen was the people that were normally ordering from us if they then got online and ordered we're not gaining any business, okay. but wrong. I was so wrong. Okay. We had a whole clientele of people out there that were from us, younger students especially, ordering with their, um, ordering oh, with okay. their Apple phones or whatever. Okay. It's, it's like a pop-up and reminds you, oh, it's a such and such special tonight at this restaurant, and then they just click away. It's very secure. They put their credit card in there, and they just order, and they don't have to talk to anyone wow. because... You know, the Millennium kids don't talk. They text, right? <laughs> yes. And I think in our generation, it was all about the phone. Yeah. This is all about the text. Okay. So this now, it's sort of like, that's how people order food. They order food online. It's not... Is she a different generation than you? Yeah. So <laughs> so that's that's why... But, but that's how she's yeah. kind of clued into she that. She knew to do that. I didn't at all. But immediately you started seeing... Oh, my God. We were on that thing, and it was like uh, unprecedented. We had to get two. Some nights we had three drivers, three delivery drivers. Service. It's national. It's called Campus Food, but it also swings into this thing called All Menu or Dot Menu. It's all the same. Okay. So they market the All Menu or the Dot Menu would be for people like you. You're in town. Mm -hmm. and you, you're not sure where to go. You okay. go on that. If, like I found my hotel, same, uh -huh, like exactly. one of those type of things. And if you're a student, you go on campus food. But okay. the menu's there, and then it's just the, the you wow. have the capability to just click away at what you want. And then I think what is also good about it is it's it's exact. There's no, like, I didn't understand what you meant. Okay. Because it's all prompted by the, or, the customer. Mm -hmm. And then they put their credit card number in, so we don't have to ask them anything. Wow. So the order comes right through the fax, and then we put it into our point of sale system. Wow. It only takes a few minutes. Start with your gift. Understand and monetize it while serving others with it. This is my latest book. Here's what people are saying about it. I like the comparison of your life's journey to that of overhauling and realigning your car. This is a great read. Maura Rodino, your book is a modern-day primer on how to be successful and live more abundantly. Joe Edel Sr., read a sample chapter of Start With Your Gift on my website, fredopi.com. I, I came tonight to do the interview, and I, I look at the place, and there's lines going out the door. What does it take to build a successful business? To be successful, probably with anything, you just have to really like what you're doing, obviously, because, you know, we're here all the time, and if somebody didn't want to be here it wouldn't work out mm. and secondly I think that if you can find a way especially being an employer that you have to deal with people and problems because there's always going to be situations that you don't let it like exhaust you or take you down to where you're like your health is no good or you mm. start losing your own energy or you don't want to come to work if you got to cut through that stuff and I think to do that it's really important that you surround yourself with positive people have people you can trust 
be able to delegate things and if you try to do everything yourself you know forever that just doesn't work either mm-hmm. um, one of the things that's helped me a lot is by working with people themselves who are successful and want and are success driven mm-hmm. you know not people that just want a job there's always people that just need a job and money but there's also people that want to do something and contribute in a way that they feel important that's been one of I think our successes because we and Emma does a lot of she does pretty much solely she's the hirer kind of the fire too but we have a way I think of where we can take some people that we kind of put the shine on a little and then they can a lot of people that work in the restaurant industry are kind of like castaways of like they can't cut it in the regular thing but they they can work really hard and we have a lot of people we've plugged in to all different kinds of spots and they're good at it they're good at what they do how have you been able to keep the quality of the food the same as you've gotten bigger it's the same people and those people have been making the food and they're the ones that are really into the that establishing I think that consistency mm-hmm. I think if there were like five or six different people every couple of days down there handling all the food it probably wouldn't work out so okay. good and I think the one of the things to be considered also with that is you have to pay people okay. and um, I've personally taken that on as a thing that I'm proud of is that we have people here making decent salaries we have 401k i match okay, great. health insurance great. so all that stuff has been very like i feel progressive with that although sometimes it's not maybe the most financially sound thing to do mm. i feel like it's so hard to expect people to get up every day and come to work and just you know grind them down and not you okay. know okay okay and i don't feel i wouldn't feel good about that either okay so I feel like I want to continue to be able to have more success with the people I work with. What's the kind of time on average you put well, in, in the per day and per I week? Mean, I still work pretty much every day. How many but, hours a day? Um, I got here this morning at around 11:30. So Okay. It's not but it's not terrible. I mean, then some days um, you know, maybe I'll come in in the afternoon and I'll leave by seven okay and then that's not okay. too bad in the beginning you know it was around yeah. like around the clock where yeah. you know I'd, I'd be here when I opened and I would lock the door at night wow. I don't do that anymore okay so uh, I still bartend or um, waitress I cook Wednesday nights so I have a, when it's those schedule those nights are you know maybe eight nine hours have you seen restaurants come and go in your 17 years or are things pretty consistent there are some people that come and go because I think that they're either lacking the they're not in it for the long haul okay you know? and I think when you do when you do something like that I think it's important that you have that goal in mind because okay. if I didn't have a long-term like, intention okay. I would never ever start a restaurant okay um, and you think sometimes people think it's a quick fix and that and they get yeah, I something to do or they, yeah. they fall into this thing of like it's a very romanticized notion okay of, you know you get to do all the good stuff and 
I think it's one of those things where people really confuse it. The mo- of, of a lot of occupations, uh-huh. I think people think being a restaurateur is very fancy. Okay. There's such there's like a prestige associated with it. Okay. And I think it's easy to get caught up in that and think, especially if you have a little money to throw around or you want to capture some part of your neighborhood where you're going to be like, you know, do that kind of thing. You can get hit hard with the financial reality of what it really takes to operate a place, how much work you have to put into it, and um, it's not very fancy. Restaurants that fail might have something to do also, it sounds really basic, but if you're not offering a type of fare that is, um, I don't know, I feel like lately people are really into being healthier. The vegan part of your menu, that just came organically out of who you were and how you ate? It came out of people that worked here that started to teach me how to, to eat that way. I'm not, I don't eat cow or pig, and I don't eat dairy, and I don't eat wheat. My husband has really bad allergies, so we started to go to an alternative health person, and she was like, just take dairy out of your diet. So okay. he did, and then the allergies got better. And okay. then she's like, you know what I really think? You need to get your blood tested for what you're allergic to. And the biggest thing was wheat. Okay. So we took wheat out. Okay. And it's not so bad. And I'm a huge pasta eater. So we found, like, good substitute pasta. And now it's okay. It's okay. not so bad at all. But I realized that in one of the things I think has honestly helped this restaurant be successful is that we're in a neighborhood where people do eat alternatively. Not in this feeling of like you're going to some hippie place to eat sprouts. You're going to a restaurant where it's kind of rocking, there's good wine, and you can get french fries or you can get like mussels or steamed spinach, big burrito. Truly, there's something here for everyone. If you okay. want to come and eat like french fries and fried mm-hmm. calamari, mm-hmm. bam. We don't have tower pig. We have chicken, a lot of seafood. That personally is how more I eat, so it's it was sort of easier to do that. When I took beef off the menu, I got so much flack, like it really negative, and basically it was during that time where they had the mad cow epidemic in Europe, and they were burning all the cows, and I saw the pictures, and I was like, this is disgusting, and then I realized they were feeding the cows like chopped up brains, and oh. I just thought, this isn't what I want to support, and I don't believe in that industry. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a huge animal rights activist and I feel like it's so inhumane how those animals are treated and right to the way they are born, to the way they die. And I don't want to support that. Please email me at fdopie at gmail.com and share your questions. I will repeat them on the show so people get the benefit of your question and my response. Invite me to speak and host the Fred Opie Show at your school by emailing me at fdopie at gmail.com. And during the Q&A with the audience, I share a perspective I wish I had when I was younger. Now back to the show. think you can eat here and have sort of a hearty meal, or you can have a lighter meal, and it can be easily tailored to your needs of how you want to eat. And I think that's been part of our success. Even though we are defined as a fresh Mexican restaurant, now it's sort of like slash vegetarian slash vegan. So we haven't pinned ourselves in this little corner. So everybody feels comfortable. Yeah. Cool. That's a wrap for this show. Thanks for listening. To hear more content like it, go to fredopi.com. If you have questions about advertising and sponsoring this show, contact us at fdopie at gmail.com. That's fdopie at gmail.com.
write me to speak, teach, coach, and consult at fdopie at gmail.com. That's fdopie at gmail.com.